there and can make it back. Salutations and shit, folks. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Travel and Shit, where I, your host, D. Carrie, have an experiential conversation about the nuanced ways that travel intersects with regular life. So I am happy, so very happy to have you here with me. And I hope that this isn't the first time because I enjoy doing the podcast. I want you to have a uh, full experience. And if this is your first time, welcome to said experience. So last week, I want to say episode 162, the little engine that couldn't, (laughs) I talked about my recent car trouble um, on my last road trip. Boyfriend and I drove down to North Carolina for my college roommate's wedding. We had an incredible time. Congratulations to Mary and Justin. Um, after the wedding, we took a drive from Winston-Salem, North Carolina to, um, Nashville, Tennessee. We stayed the night in Tennessee, had some barbecue. And the next morning we drove about an hour or two, hour or two to Hopkinsville, Kentucky to see my best friend for her birthday. So we did quite a bit of driving. I had quite an incredible time. I loved seeing my girls and it was really actually, um, quite economical because I drove my car down. We didn't have to pay for flights. Uh, we didn't have to pay for a rental car. Uh, we were doing so well. I found really cute and really inexpensive accommodations through Airbnb. And, um, we picked routes where we knew that it was not too long that we weren't, that we were going to need to stop multiple times. And we were only going to stop, you know, for the bathroom to grab a cup of coffee or some snacks, and then to stay in the places that I booked the Airbnbs to. So on the trip from Kentucky back to New York, we were going to break that drive up into two stops. We were going to stop in Cincinnati and then we had planned to stop in Pittsburgh while staying in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. We decided to extend that stay because best friends. So instead of staying a night in Pittsburgh, I decided to book for an extra night in Cincinnati. In hindsight, I'm so very glad I did because Cincinnati one was the least expensive other than free staying at my best friend's house. It was the least expensive, um, spot along the trip where I was able to get the flyest accommodations, um, for the least amount of money. So, um, we drove to Cincinnati from Hopkinsville and ended up, the car started making a lot of noise. Um, turns out truncated version engine is dead. So that's where I left you last week. The update is I got a ton of shit in the car. I got to get my plates back. Need my easy pass. I have clothes. I have a blanket that I really like in there. I've got coats, shoes, the whole shebang. Uh, so we're transporting the car to New York. So I'm spending $650 to get a car that I will not be able to drive back to New York just so that I can salvage it. So it'll kind of wash out. I'll probably be able to salvage the car for about what I spent to get it up to New York. But at least this way I can get all my shit to New York. Um, I don't have to have my friend drive to, cause she was more than willing to, God bless her, was graciously willing to drive from Hopkinsville. It's about four hours from Hopkinsville to, uh, Cincinnati. She was going to drive up, clean out the car for me and hold on to it till I got down there or till she came back to New York, whatever. We were going to figure it out after that, but then I'd still have the car and the plates and all of that out there and host of other headaches. So it's been quite the week of trying to choose vendors and think of the best way to go forward, especially knowing that after all of this, I still have to buy a new car. So one of the things that came to mind during this entire ordeal was quiet as it's kept. I'm kind of glad that I had AAA. So I subscribed to AAA before our road trip. Cause I figured, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I guess I jinxed myself. Um, but it doesn't hurt to be prepared. 
just in case something does happen, I want to be covered with like roadside assistance for, you know, a tire. Like my dad's not driving to Virginia to change a tire or my dad's not driving to North Carolina to change a tire, right? Either we change it ourselves or I figure out how to get roadside assistance to the car to do it for us. So I got AAA. And when I was making calls while we were in Cincinnati to find a place, a mechanic shop to bring the car to so they could diagnose what the sound we were hearing was before we, you know, made our way back to New York, turns out the place we ended up was a AAA station. I didn't even know that AAA had like brick and mortar uh, mechanic shops out and about. I thought that AAA was just like, a, I guess like a, an insurance company or like a, I guess, uh, what, what can you say? Like they were just like a, an entity that sent out or dispatched different aid providing services, whether it be a tow, whether it be getting your keys, uh, that are locked in your car out, whether it'll be like lost key and they come, you know, pop the lock on your car. That's what I thought AAA was like. I didn't necessarily think that they had mechanic shops, but it turns out they did. And that's where we ended up bringing the car to, you know, have it looked at to see if we would be able to drive it back home. And knowing that it was a AAA service center made me feel a little bit safer. It made me feel as if like, okay, there's a level of accountability. There is a brand, um, a national brand that um, stands behind the service that is being provided at this location. So it made me feel like I would be less likely to get got uh, as opposed to if I'd gone to say a privately owned mechanic shop where someone would be more inclined to charge what they wanted to charge versus what was, um, assumed or estimated to be a fair market price, you know? So having that service provided by a name that I've recognized made me feel better. And reflecting back on that point in the experience of the last week or so that I've gone through made me think of, other measures and other points of preventative measures that I've put in place just in case that actually ended up paying off. And it turns out that there were quite a few. So this episode, I just want to go over some of the things that I did in advance that I, in hindsight, was ridiculously happy that I did. So here are some little hacks or tricks or um, suggestions, if you will, that I would give you guys to kind of establish beforehand so that if for some reason you need it, it is easily accessible and at your disposal. And uh, this is from personal experience, uh, except for um, one of it. Um, I guess I'll start with that one. Uh, the one that thankfully I haven't necessarily had to use. Well, actually I have used it just in terms of being lazy. I remember one time I was calling, I was on the phone. I was on speakerphone making accommodations for one of my trips. I think I was paying for an excursion or Airbnb. I don't freaking know. But I was paying for something and I needed my card number. And I did not feel like getting up and going to my purse all the way in the living room. So I went through a file that I have saved and password protected on my phone that has a, or, or is it in my emails? It was either in my emails or it's in like a password protected, um, file on the phone. Cause you know how they, you have like those apps where you can like lock information and you can like secretly hide stuff. It's either in one of those, I have a password protected in my notes or it's in an email that I have saved it. Cause again, choose whichever one of those methods you want to, um, save it as so that it's accessible to you. But the point is I have pictures of all of my cards, whether they be insurance cards, whether they be credit cards or ID cards this way, God forbid, I lose them or they get stolen, I can actually contact all of the accounts that I need to um, and all the accounts that I have on hand so that I can let them know that my um, card has been lost or stolen and that I need a new card to be sent to me. 
And a lot of the uh, companies will have the number that you can call domestically or internationally on the back of the card. So I've always found that that is like useful, but then unuseful if you don't have the fucking card, right? So it only it's only useful to you if you have the piece of information. So I made it easy for myself by taking pictures of the front and the back of all the cards that I have so that I'll know one, what accounts to call. Cause the last thing I want to do is leave some, like if I were to lose my wallet and it, it's funny that it mentions, I was talking to a coworker of mine and her sister just lost her wallet, all her cards, cash, everything inside. And so I'm like, well, did she call her credit cards to, you know, put a stop on her accounts? And I realized that if I were in that situation, I would be frustrated not knowing if I had actually called all the places that I needed to. I would always feel as if I were forgetting something. Cause you know, sometimes you have that card that you don't use often or you paid off the balance and you just hold on to it for just in case. And you just totally forget that it's, you know, included in the mix of cards because you don't use it often or that store card that you only use for when you buy certain things. I remember years ago, um, I had a gap card and I would only use the card for like buying work clothes. I would go to banana and use my gap card. Other than that, I didn't really, you know, at the time I didn't need jeans cause I was still getting into the jeans that I fit when I was working retail. So I only used the card really for buying work clothes. And other than that, I didn't really use it. That being said, I haven't had to use that in like any dire constraints or anything, but I know that I was just being lazy and I ended up being able to reference the card because it was right after I had saved it. So at the time I remembered where it was. So it doesn't help that I don't remember where it is now because I know it's just locked away someplace, but I know that if I dig around, I'll be able to find it. So, you know, it's one of those things that you should actually keep up with so that you can make sure that the most accurate information is at play. Sometimes you get a new card or you, um, for whatever reason, like the card changes. Like sometimes you have an account with a company or a store and then they upgrade to the card that you can wave at the counter or they upgrade to include a chip or they change the design of the card or it expires and then they give you whatever the fuck happens. It's one of those lists that you should consistently kind of keep up with. So that's one thing that I suggest is being able to access all of your account numbers and all of the customer care numbers for the accounts that you bank and have important uh, accounts with like your insurance um, and your credit card companies and banking institutions. Uh, the next one was, of course, AAA. So I was able to get a discount on services since we were being seen at a AAA service center. I think they quoted us at like one something, maybe like 115 or 150. I really don't remember because I remember shortly after they gave that, they gave us the adjusted AAA member price. And then somehow when we went to make the payment, it was even lower. Um, I think I only paid like $90 or 90 something dollars to have them diagnose my car like basically I don't know what the fuck they did whether they put it on a lift whether they plugged in something or whether they just turned it on and listened to the sounds that it was making either way I was able to get a discount on those services because I'm a AAA member so I would suggest that if you have intentions on taking any road trips or if you decide to take um, any road trips that you invest in a AAA membership I know that when I was looking to possibly rent a car to drive back to New York um, I was able to inquire on rentals uh, with a AAA discount. I know that some properties, uh, when I was looking to book for the trip, I was also looking at hotels for this leg of the trip because in Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, I decided that I wanted to be in like the heart of downtown. So an actual hotel would likely be a better option for our stay. So I was looking into properties that had AAA discounts. Um, same thing in North Carolina. We wanted to be in the heart of Winston-Salem. So initially I was looking at hotels because, you know, I wanted to be able to walk and not have to um, worry about driving. So I was looking at properties that had AAA discounts. AAA discounts extend past just, uh, what do you call it? 
travel. I know AAA has discounts across a whole bunch of different industries. I'm just not really in the market to buy anything right now. So I haven't really looked into what it is, all the uh, options that are available to you with a membership, but it is absolutely worth it. And I think I'm paying like $12 for the both of us, uh, for boyfriend and I to both have uh, cards because, you know, we share the car. Like we both drive my car. So this way, um, he does most of the driving. Like I hate driving. So God bless him. He'll do all the driving for me. And he doesn't mind as much. Um, but this way, if he ends up needing services on the car, I don't have to be there. I don't have to, you know, have the car, the card. Well, actually, that might be a way to save if we just keep the actual card in the car. Huh. I'll look into that. But either way, I'm glad I got the fucking service. Whether or not I have more coverage than I need or not, it's $12. $12 a month. So. Very pleased so far with uh, AAA because it happens that it did come in clutch. Let's see. Uh, miles or credits in an emergency. So a lot of times you have different credit cards or you have different subscription services that will afford you miles or credits that you can have applied to different travel um, expenses. So we decided to fly back home from Cincinnati and we ended up using credits that my boyfriend had to cut the cost of our flights. So he ended up having some credits with Delta that he was able to apply to his flight. And um, unfortunately the credits that he had were only applicable to uh, tickets purchased in the original flight holder's name. So the credits he had were only applicable to his flight, but either way, it was only like $150 and the tickets were, uh, two, maybe two thirty, two fifty. So it wouldn't have been enough to make like a major dent in the, both of our flight plans or whatever, but either way, collectively we saved money. So having those ended up coming in clutch considering the emergency that we had, I have uh, travel credits with JetBlue. However, they could only be used with a direct JetBlue flight and not through a JetBlue partner. Um, so while that would have been clutch because I have more in travel credit with JetBlue than he did with Delta, there was no uh, JetBlue flight that was that we could apply it to. But in, God forbid, the situation were to happen again or if it were to happen, have had... If it were had happened, if it would have happened someplace else, it is possible that there could have been a, you know, JetBlue operated flight that flew direct in that location. Point that it is, the point is that I have it. I enjoy that if something happens and I need to get to a friend or I need to get to a family member, while I may not necessarily be able to get there directly, I can... I'm, I'm in New York. So if I need to get anywhere else, I could at least get close. I would hope with the credits that I have, but either way I have the credits and we were able to use some credits. So if you find that you have the opportunity to fly, and then also when we flew this last flight, I made sure to attach these miles while, although they weren't purchased on, um, I know I wish I had to put it on my, my Amex card because I think when I buy Delta flights with Amex, it's like five times points or something. But anyway, I made sure to attach my Delta known traveler number with the most recent flight. Like I went to the counter and had the gentleman do it for me. I pulled up an email that had that um, account number and I had him attach it to the ticket that I had in hand for him to, you know, connect the miles that I was going to be flying to my, you know, account. So I make sure to input that number with all the different flights that I have, um, across whatever network or whatever, um, airline that it is so that I get those credits and I make sure to, you know, I want to say include, but I do my best to make sure that they're updated and that I you know, also have another note where I have like the known traveler numbers and I have my, um, 
frequent flyer numbers for the different airlines in a note so that if I'm booking a flight, I can attach that number and be able to have access to those flights going further. Because while they may not always be able to um, pay for or cover your complete trip or your total trip, you're very much able to book one-way flights. I know that's how I got to Seattle a couple of years back. I ended up having enough um, <clears throat> excuse me, points to fly one way from JFK to Seattle. So I used my points, flew there free, and I ended up flying from Seattle to Alberta for much less than I would have spent had I flown from Alberta, I mean, New York to Alberta. So that ended up saving me money in the long run from by flying from a destination that was closer to my final destination. Since I had the extra time, I didn't need to be to Alberta until Tuesday. So I ended up getting a long weekend out of it. It worked out perfectly. And that's because I held on to um, the numbers and the account numbers for the different uh, credits and points and miles and you know, all of those industry, uh, industry loyalty programs that the different, um, airlines offer. And that also applies for credit cards. I know a lot of credit cards will offer, um, like available cash back or, um, per, a percentage of an incentive or something like that, where you get like 1% cash back and like 5% cash back on different purchases and stuff. Trade all that shit in for uh, points and stuff. I've done that where I've gotten, um, I think one was like a PayPal, um, what do you call those, uh, like gift card. I think I've done it so that they send the balance. I think I have one with my PayPal card where they send the balance to my PayPal card and it gets added to a statement or it comes back as cash. I don't know, but I remember I put part of that towards accommodations that we had, I want to say from the Philly trip. So there are a lot of different ways that if you pay attention to the different perks and the points and the um, the dollars and cashbacks from different cards that they end up paying off. And I know that I've used them for past trips that I've taken. Unfortunately, I don't keep the best records of those kinds of things. And that's one of those things that I would like to improve on. But I do know that they have come in clutch and saved me money. Um, also, I enjoy um, Expedia. I generally have a couple of dollars here and there to apply to new accommodations because of past accommodations or because of past excursions. So a certain dollar amount gets you um, points or whatever towards cash value. And so I think at this point, like I have $8 or something to be applied, but I've had upwards of like $24 at one time. Um, and while it doesn't, while it's not, end all be all and life-changing amounts or figures of money when I'm booking an excursion and in my mind, damn, a hundred dollars flat would be nice to pay for this. And it's $124 and you've got $24 in credit. It's always a pleasant surprise to be able to take a couple of dollars off of something. So even if it may not get you something for free, any couple of dollars off is worth it. So hold on to those, um, loyalty numbers and those, uh, flights, uh, loyalty programs and keep them in a list either on notes or in a notebook or something. Feel free to purchase yourself a uh, travel and shit uh, travel journal and you can jot that down in there if you want someplace handy to hold on to all that information. You can go to travelandshippodcast.com and click on the shop tab and uh, get a journal there. But um, so let's see, miles and credits in an emergency. Also, Things written down on just pen and paper, traveling with pen and paper. Huh. So I've told this story before, Barcelona. My phone was on its last leg, not because I didn't have a portable charger, but because I had ran the battery on the portable charger out during the day also. So I have an iPhone. Notoriously, they can be terrible on the fucking battery. This was years ago and I think I was on my iPhone maybe 10 or like 11 and the battery was, or actually this might've been the six. I don't know if I had a six or an eight. I don't remember y'all, but it was an old ass iPhone and the battery was trash. Either way, 
I'd already ran out and depleted the battery on my portable charger. So at this point, when my battery died, that was it until I got back to my Airbnb and was able to plug it into a fucking wall, unless I found a wall and an outlet beforehand. I was at a fair, a street fair, so there were no walls to plug my shit into. So I was looking for a pen and paper. Mind you, I always have a pen, but this time I'd forgotten my pen in my backpack and my backpack was in the hotel. So I'm looking and looking and looking for a pen because I have the address of where I'm staying, but it's on my phone. And I know my phone battery is going to die. So I wanted to write down the address so that when I got into a taxi to have him take me back, I'd be able to look at the paper and give him the address or just hand him the address so that he'd know where to take me. So I always suggest carrying a pen and paper so that if God forbid you get to the point where you do not think you'll be able to juice up your phone again, like if you're hiking or if you're outside or if you're at a park, whatever, at the beach, if you're someplace where you don't think you may be able to get to it, just always have pen and paper on hand so that even if you need to write something down in terms of anything that could possibly be of importance to you, you'd like to have the option to be able to write that information down, whether it be someone's name and number, whether it be directions, whether it be a description of something, or whether it be information like the address and the phone number of say your host or a taxi that you know speaks English or the language that you are comfortable speaking so that you can get in contact with that one person that'll be able to uh, translate for you if you need or be able to get on the line and explain what it is that you need to someone that doesn't necessarily speak the same language you do. So highly suggest having a pen and paper with you when you travel while you're out and about so that you can always write something down in the um, rare chance that you are not able to charge your phone while it's on its last leg. Uh, That being said, Google Translate. Google Translate has come in so clutch in just about every other country that I've been in. I remember in Cuba, I got so fucking lost and I was trying to use Google Translate to ask these ladies to help me get back to where I was going. Unfortunately, they were not really, I don't know if they knew what I was trying to do or if they were just hesitant to talk into the phone or to text or whatever. I don't know, but they weren't really trying to do the Google Translate thing, but in different areas of, um, um, was it in Cuba? No, I think it was in Colombia that I used it more frequently. I know I used it in China. I got off the airport, the the airport, I got off the uh, plane and walked out of the airport in China and tried to use, now granted, I don't know what dialect of Chinese that it was translating. I don't know what dialect the gentleman I was, you know, the guard or the soldier that I was asking for directions or for help with. I don't know if it was the right dialect, but I was hoping that we were going to get close. But I was using Google Translate to ask him where I could find a taxi to get to where I was, was Um, where the taxi to get to where I wanted to go would be. Um, That being said, I've absolutely used Google Translate in many different countries in terms of just navigating uh, menus, trying to find out what the fuck it is I'm trying to order. Um, in terms of going to a grocery store or a store and trying to um, interpret what the materials on something are or what, you know, the sale, like, is this on sale or is it saying that I have to buy something else to get this? Like, what is the advertisement saying? You know what I mean? So I've also used Google Translate to navigate around And I've used it to ask questions in terms of the cost of something, whether I'm at like an open market or something saying that I'm willing to pay X amount or what is the cost of this? Or do you have any more? Or do you have it in this color? Or, you know, just little shit like that. I've absolutely used Google Translate to have conversations with people while I've been abroad. Um, What I've also used is uh, very helpful in terms of me getting lost because I'm always lost is maps, Google maps has quite a few really interesting features. If you really uncover them, you're probably better suited, uh, going onto like YouTube and catching like a YouTube video that, um, maybe strips away different layers of Google maps and Google search and stuff. But I know one of the things that I've used is recent history. If you, for example, uh, get directions to a museum, in a city from your Airbnb or from your hotel, 
and now you're trying to get back. You can go into recent searches and see if, oh wait, I actually had to get the address for the Airbnb to get from the airport. I wanted to see how long it would take me or I wanted to see if the Uber driver or the taxi driver was playing me in terms of telling me how long it would take to get where I'm going. And I also wanted to price what an Uber might be. If I know it's a 15, 20 minute drive from this destination to that destination, I know what a fair price is. So I know that I've put the address of where I'm staying in Google Maps. So I can go through recent searches in Google Maps and pull up the address of where I'm staying. Or if I want to remember, damn, what was that place we ate? The burgers from there were really good. Let's go back. I can go back into Google searches and, you know, scroll through and get that address. So I do like um, using Google Maps um, for that in terms of recent history, searching through the history that I've done. I also like downloading a map for offline use. So you can put in the city or you can put in the general area of where you're going to be staying and you can download that map so that if you do not have service, you're still able to get, um, I want to say it's real time directions without having to have cell service. I know in certain locations, um, I know first of all, it was Cuba because there was no internet. And then I think it was, um, I didn't, I, I really wasn't thinking about it in time at the time, but I know now in hindsight, you don't always remember everything, right? And in hindsight, I think that that really would have played uh, well for me in Guadalupe because at the time I changed my uh, phone provider. I think by then I was already on Spectrum and Spectrum doesn't have a really comprehensive international plan. I would have had to pay like by the gig or buy like $60, $80 like plan that only had like three gigs or four gigs or something. And I don't even know how many gigs I use in a freaking day if I use gigs in it. I didn't, I don't know what my usage is in terms of, is that enough? Am I going to be playing myself to even bother? So I just decided to just live on Wi-Fi. So I knew that I wouldn't have service to be able to use maps to navigate around the area. In hindsight, I'm wishing that I would have remembered that if I downloaded the map in New York while I was home, while I had service, that I would have been able to use the map of Guadalupe to get directions and to navigate around without having internet in that destination because the map would have been saved. So um, Google Maps has a couple of different layers of really useful resources in terms of navigating around with service and in terms of, you know, um, just pulling up recent histories for places that you've been so that you don't necessarily have to um, always remember everything. But make sure that that's available to you before you just assume and have yourself fucked up out there. But I've used it. And again, these were trips in the past, so I don't know with what updates, what all is the same. So you definitely want to check it out. But because I'm because I've used it, I think that it's very worth you looking into. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, another thing that I do is I will screenshot the directions just in case I lose signal um, or I know that I will be in and out of service. So I know back when I was taking the train, when I would ride the subway in New York, if I were on a train line that I didn't normally ride, if I wasn't really familiar with the stops, what I would do was, because not every stop in the subway, not every train line has internet in the tunnels. So what I would do was pull up the instructions or the directions for where it is I was trying to go and I would screenshot it so that while I'm on the train, I don't have to... I don't have a good memory. Like I always just forget shit. So I write everything down or I screenshot things. So this way, when I get on the train, I don't have to remember what stop I'm getting off at, or I don't have to remember the three stops beforehand so that I'll know my stop is coming up. So I would screenshot it. So, and then I would also pull up so that it dropped out the um, subway map so that it would list all the stops in um, order uh, as to where you know, I would be getting off and then I would know, all right, so I'm getting, I'm getting off two stops after West 4th. So I know when I get to West 4th, I've got two more and then boom, it's going to be canal or it'll be uh, chambers or wherever it is. I'm, you know, trying to go or whatever. 
So I will screenshot directions for if I go offline or if I know I won't have service and I'll need to know a piece of information when I get there. Um, This way it'll also let me know like if I'm in a subway line, all right, get off at X stop and transfer to this train or, you know, walk to the Northeast exit and go, you know, West or make a left when you get to chambers, whatever. Um, What's the other thing? What was the other one? Um, Oh, also, when I'm doing driving directions, if I see that my service is looking a little janky or if I see that, you know, my signal is going in and out, if I'm driving, sometimes what I'll do or if I'm seeing that it's re-navigating or if it's recalculating a little bit more than I'm comfortable with, what I'll do is take a screenshot of the like a very simple layout of what the directions are so that if God forbid, forbid it just stops giving me directions or it just stops making sense at some point along the, along the way, at least I have some variation of a route to take so that I can at least get closer to where it is I need to go. And then I could, you know, work out whether or not the directions get back on track or re, um, navigate or what do you call it? Recalculate and clean itself up to get me at my, you know, to my final destination. But at least I'm not, aimlessly driving and not knowing if I'm going in the right direction. So I'll also, you know, take a screenshot of what the, um, written directions or the listed directions are, as opposed to just following the, you know, the blue route that it gives you on the map. So that's something that I like to do so that if my service gets lost or if I'm at a network or anything happens, I know that I can just go to my photo gallery and, find the directions, um, at least for as much of the directions that'll fit on that one screen. If you need more than one picture, if you got to scroll through and get multiple screenshots, that's always a fucking option to you as well. Or you can just kind of pick up from where it makes sense. Like if you know how to get halfway, like I know when I get to farmers, I go, that's where I get lost. I know how to get myself to farmers or I know how to get myself to, you know, Atlantic and Brooklyn. But once I get off Atlantic, where, what are the blocks that I'm going down to get to your apartment or, you know, to the venue that we're having the event, stuff like that. Uh, what was the next thing that I have? Oh, also I like having, um, screenshots of my itineraries and addresses and a Jesus and addresses of places that I'm staying when I'm filling out a customs form on the plane. Many of them will ask you where the fuck are you staying when you get here? So I don't have service on the plane. I can't log into, um, sometimes, uh, Expedia. Uh, for the most part, I think if you go into Airbnb, you don't necessarily have to have service to get into what you already have booked, but I like to take screenshots of what that, uh, addresses this way. I can easily write that down. I don't have to wait for it to populate. I don't have to wait for it to, um, you know, open up. It's a picture. It's right there. It's on the screen. I can save it to uh, a new folder of, you know, whether it be, you know, you create a folder for that trip in general so that at the end of every night, you can also just highlight, select all the pictures and add it to that folder so that now, you know, if you're going on a road trip that includes five states, you can break your road trip into the five different states if you want to. But I like to, you know, take a screenshot of the address of the places that I'm going to stay. Also, because when I get to the airport, I know that's the first place that and most of the time, I don't know what it is, especially if I'm flying international and not domestic. When I get off the plane off of international flights, I never have service. That whole airports have free Wi-Fi. That never works out for me. It never pans out that I have service. I always have to wait until I get out the airport and usually just kind of clicks on once I'm off of airport property. But that's always been a problem for me. Generally, it cleans itself up like when I'm trying to, uh, like when I get outside and I'm looking for an Uber or something like that. But When it comes before I hit customs, I never have service. And that's always like one of the most frustrating things to me. So I always, always, always like having a screenshot or a picture of the address or of certain parts of itineraries. Like if I know that I, when I went to Guadalupe, I knew that my service would be just Wi-Fi and I wouldn't necessarily, like I kept service when I got off the plane just so I could let my mom know I'm good and then so I can get an Uber and then get to the Airbnb, but then I wanted to turn my Wi-Fi off. Same thing for on the way back. 
I ended up just going on whatever, you know, uh, what do you call that? Roaming. Give me whatever service you have just so that I can get this Uber and I can contact my driver or whatever. I can safely get to the airport. Let my mama know I'm at the airport. I'm, I've just boarded the plane, the plane and we're about to take off or something like that so that someone knows that I'm okay, I'm safe, I'm checking in and I'm either on my way home or I've landed safely. And I'll, you know, hit you back up when I get to Wi-Fi, but no need to worry uh, extensively. Like I'm okay, I'm accounted for, you know? So um, yeah, I like having information for certain excursions that I'm taking. I know if I pay for something or if I have um, like an experience or an itinerary that says like confirmed, you've got one ticket or you've got two tickets to X, Y, and Z. This is your host name or, or number or whatever. I like having pictures of those if I know especially that I'll be in an area where my um, internet may be a little questionable or I'll be, I know or I'm anticipating that I'll be generally on Wi-Fi and sometimes your Wi-Fi signal while advertised that all rooms have Wi-Fi or that Wi-Fi is accessible at every point at this location, blah, blah, blah. Well, Wi-Fi ain't built the same. So that being said, um, itineraries and addresses, addresses, I keep saying that, and addresses are another thing that I like to have a screenshot on. Um, I mentioned pictures of cards and that's basically it. Um, I had another note here that in some cases what is just a little thing that planning ahead has helped with is just having your hosts do it um many of your hosts will really be okay with arranging for accommodations from the airport for you if you know that the language barrier is going to be an issue have your host arrange for a driver i know that i did it in uh bali i think my driver had my name on a card so that when i got out the airport he was right out there he arranged that i didn't have to worry about it uber I didn't have to worry about trying to get a taxi and wondering if they were going to, you know, overcharge me or anything like that. Many, especially if you book an Airbnb and I would assume some hotels don't be giving a fuck about you. If you're staying like at a higher end property, if you're staying at like a four and a five star property, they are more likely to have amenities that will include a level of concierge that will help you with arrangements like that. But um, Airbnbs, your hosts are more inclined to be receptive or responsive to individualized requests like that. So you can always reach out to your host and say, hey, um, are buses and trains running at that hour? Will I have a difficult time getting a taxi at the airport? What is a fair price for an Uber from you know this at, uh, airport going to your home or your destination? If you know that you're coming after work or if you know that you're going to have just like a really shit long flight, if you know that you're taking a 17 hour flight or hell, even if a five hour flight is really long for you and you don't want to have to really think you're on vacation, you know, like check in with yourself. Is this something you're going to want to add to your list of things to figure out after you get out of customs? Right. And if you're arriving late or like super, super early in the morning, like six o'clock in the morning kind of early arrival, sometimes midnight to 3 a.m. kind of arrival, someplace like New York, everything is still open and going and you're fine. But if you're going someplace like Norway, arriving after 10, 11 o'clock and most shit is shut down. So my host in Norway, God bless her, I think I arrived on a Saturday night. It was maybe Saturday after 10 or after eight or something. And she was just like, yeah, the buses aren't really running it's really going to be difficult for you to try to get to the accommodations from there. So you know what? I'll just come pick you up. Um, I think in China, my host helped me arrange, well, no, I know she did help me arrange for my ride back to the airport. I kind of figured it out on my own from the airport to her, which was quite confusing, made it happen, but she was able to help me arrange for the driver to pick me up from like my host helped me get a taxi from the um, city where we were doing the tour. We did a tour of Old City, but I somehow arranged with my host through Google Translate because all we could do was talk through Google Translate because she didn't speak English and I didn't speak whatever dialect of Chinese she spoke. Um, so we used Google Translate and she was able to help me arrange to have the driver that dropped me at the house after my excursion, after my tour, she arranged for him to wait for me so that I could just run back inside 
get my suitcase and then come back and be taken to the airport. So when you know that there are little, you know, hiccups or little additional pieces or workarounds and parts of navigation that you might want a little help with, or maybe a little confusing, ask your fucking host. In hindsight, save yourself the trouble. You don't want to make a situation more difficult than it needs to be. So, you know, ask the question. Ask somebody that knows what they're doing or that's more familiar with the situation and the surroundings to take care of the heavy lifting for you. So um, those are little tips that I have personally used to make navigating um, potential hiccups in my travels and setbacks, um, you know, it was really helpful networks and trip, uh, what do you call it? Um, what was the word I just had? Hacks. Is that what I said? Fuck. You get what I'm saying? Like they're really useful shit to know and to have in place so that, um, a little bit of ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Is that what it is? A little ways to plan ahead that pay off big when you need them. So, um, that is this week's episode. I am checking over my list here and I have hit all the points that I wanted to make. And all those things being said, is a little reminder that travel is more than vacation. Travel is also an opportunity opportunity for you to put like your adult processes at work. Do the things that you know will make your life easier. While you want to be able to be as relaxed and unbothered, if you will, on your retreats and your vacations and your trips and your experiences, don't let your past experiences, um, you know, go for naught. Don't let them go to waste. There have been plenty of times in your life where you've realized, oof, I'm glad I put that extra effort in beforehand. And the same gets to apply for you know, your, your trips going forward. So give yourself that opportunity to focus on the things that you really want to put your energy to and not to putting your energy or your attention to solving problems that you could have hopefully, um, lessened, not alleviated, but lessened with a little bit of, um, forethought. And this is the kind of forethought that doesn't take you, you know, spending wild money. It doesn't take, you know, a a week's worth of preparation and planning. Like all of these are apps you can put on your phone. They're, you know, many subscriptions are just points of reference for you to keep in mind. Like none of them are costing you to implement. They more so would cost you not to implement. So remember that in order to get the best of your travels and to be able to tap into the vacation aspect of travel and to really relax, enjoy, and let go, it pays to be able to have a little bit of buffer, a little bit of um, security in place to keep your mind at ease and to also help you navigate um, more, more confusing or a little bit more difficult of a situation so that you can get out of it quickly and get out of it at the least amount of financial cost and emotional and mental cost of strain and confusion that you can, folks. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am um, really hoping to, you know, I'm really looking forward also to just telling you, I got a new car and I'm good. And I've got that little bit of stress off my mind. And I'm just going forward with planning, you know, more road trips. But this was definitely an expense that I was not looking forward to. It is definitely a stress. Like buying a new car is not fun when you're on a budget. Like I can't afford to just drop money on just anything. Like Benz, I have to make fiscally sound and responsible decisions. So this whole shopping for a car, choosing one over another, like the cost of this option versus this and how much is this actually going to cost me? And then what's going to happen two years from now? What about uh, this decision? Or am I able to do this now? Can I really afford this? Well, what about y'all? A bitch is stressed. I am quite stressed. So Send me some words of encouragement if you got them. 
send me a virtual pat on the back and remind me that I'm a badass bitch and I can do this because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that feel where it's just like, I ain't about to say I'm getting on the bus. That ain't going to happen. And I'm also not trying to be on the train. So I'm gonna make it work. I'm gonna figure this shit out. But y'all, I am tapped. And it's a little bit daunting to think of all the things that now I won't be able to do because car note. So um, that's me pouring a little bit of the heart and a little bit of the stress that is on my plate right now. But I'm glad. I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but I'm really glad that it wasn't a worst case scenario. Um, the car could have died to a really bad accident. It could have, the engine could have completely shut down on me in a six lane highway at 10 o'clock at night. You know, it, it could have been so much worse. So although I was not prepared to have to spend all this money, although I was not prepared to have to take on, um, an additional expense, monthly expense, you know, I've got to say that a positive mindset has helped me get through this without pulling out the little bit of hair that I do have left. And, um, you know, it's given me a little bit of, it's not the worst that it could have been, you know? So I'll leave you guys with that note that it could always be worse, I guess. Right. And sometimes having a little bit of forethought, like a AAA membership can just be the little pebble that you take off the load. Cause sometimes all it takes is that one pebble to set you off. So I'm really glad that I've had some of the, uh, this little moment to reflect on the different ways and the different things that have really saved me a bigger catastrophe in the past to kind of help me put this last experience in an even more, uh, succinct grasp of perspective. All right, y'all. That'll be it for me this week. I appreciate y'all for fucking with me and I will see you all next week. Bye guys.